In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Hey, listeners, what's up? Jeff is in fair. Welcome to this episode of the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome. We are so glad you are here. And thanks for tuning into this episode. I'm just having fun with my soundboard over here. And if anybody's curious or needs a soundboard, this is the Rodecaster Pro. It's pretty cool. If you're ever doing like podcast interviews, it, it takes up to four external microphone inputs. You can actually Bluetooth your phone. Um, you can put an SD card in the back. You can, I've got two, four, six, eight different sound buttons here. You can, you can swap out the sound effects and all. For instance, when I'm doing a Zoom, when I'm teaching a Zoom class live, I can do... All right, so uh, hey, what's the most? Uh, what's the second most visited website in the world? Enter your answers now. So this is how I keep virtual meetings so interesting or engaging, if you will, because let's face it, people have been on a ton of Zooms and to capture and keep their attention, you have to do some things that keep people's attention. Those are called pattern interrupts. Pattern interrupts can be questions. Right? Hey, does this make sense? Hey, tell me what you think. Hey, who here has experienced this? Has this happened to you? Because when people are asked a question, they immediately have to go into that mode of thinking and framing and answering the question, right? Kind of reflecting internally. But other pattern interrupts are, you know, you could do things on the screen and showing images that are pattern interrupts, funny images, right? Uh, you could show a brief video, that's a pattern interrupt, or you could play a sound, that's a pattern interrupt. I tend to use them to drive engagement, keep it loose and funny. Um, and drive people to get them to put their answers in on a Zoom, right, with a sound like that. So I'm just riffing here today on like what I use for virtual meetings. Obviously, in-person meetings, you've got the power of in-person to drive that response and engagement, and you hold your hand up, right? And of course, uh, you could do that on a video in a Zoom as well, which I do. So, and by the way, if you are um, looking to level up your virtual presentation game. Like if you're into doing virtual classes and stuff like that, uh, let me know, right? Jump into our Facebook group, right? Go to facebook.com and then do a search for mortgage marketing radio. Um, you might, if you're not yet a member, you might need to uh, answer a couple questions to prove that you're actually who you say you are. But if you're listening and you're already in the podcast, uh, page group, um, there'll be a question in there. I don't, I don't know if it'll be in the feed by the time you hear this or not, but or DM me on Facebook. Go look me up or DM me on Instagram, right? It's at Mortgage Marketing Radio on Instagram and it's my name, Jeff Zimfer on Facebook. Go DM me and tell me you're looking to do or level up virtual classes. 
And uh, I'm just trying to get a sense of who out there is looking to do that and because I want to help. All right, so let's transition to uh, my special guests today. Guests, yes, plural guests. Uh, we've got three amazing gentlemen on the call today from Homeside Financial. We have Louis Wickett, Dave Hendrickson, and John Cornish. And this is uh, a very intriguing conversation on a variety of fronts. One is because I found it interesting that Homeside Financial is doing something unique and different in that they're allowing loan officers right, um, to basically operate with their own private label, um, such as uh, you're going to hear on today's call. Um, I, and as a matter of fact, I've got a few of these folks that I already work with in our private members group. But for instance, um, John Cornish, his private label is Key Mortgage Group under, right, powered by Homeside Financial. We also have Oz Lending, right, in Dallas uh, by Jason Osmond. Um, that is also powered by Homeside Financial. And there's a variety of other um, private labels that they have. And so we talk a little bit about that. That's cool. But then we really unpack um, some biz dev, right, marketing strategies that I think you'll find very interesting, particularly like Louie. Louie, shout out to you, man. I appreciate you, uh, you know, kind of putting this together and reaching out to me on Instagram. Uh, Louis uh, is a member of my my agent classes pro marketing membership where we provide done for you content for you to teach classes to real estate agents virtually and in person. Well, Louis uh, reported to me that uh, he did a first time homebuyer class virtually and closed four loans from one class. Now, I didn't ask him like what his average commission was per loan or et cetera, but if you just take like the industry nationwide average, let's just say it's fifteen hundred dollars, right, for four loans. I mean, do the math on that, right? Um, that's, that's pretty good for one class, isn't it? And Louie was also honest enough to admit that he's done that and, and hasn't repeated that yet. So, Louie, Louie. Yeah, Louie. Obviously, we're jostling you to get you back up off that. Do another class. Repeat it. Do one of the other 12 classes we've got available for you. But also, we have a great conversation uh, with Dave Hendrickson, who's a leadership over there at uh, Homeside Financial. And you'll hear um, some of the leadership uh, tactics and areas of focus that he's got on to build the uh, Homeside Financial brand, the private labels. And it's a pretty cool insight into for, you know kind of an executive level mindset and conversation. And then, of course, we have John Cornish, who's just kicking ass and taking names, right? Doing 100 million plus in production and recently doubled his business because he decided to get serious about focusing on people, process, and technology. And so we talk about a lot of stuff, social media, how to get Google My Business reviews. We talk about BombBomb and how they're all leveraging this and using this. Um, and, and stay tuned to the end because we go around the horn and we do a Q4 focus. What's your Q4 focus? And everybody gives their own individual focus on what they're going to be uh, implementing um, on Q4. And we're going to check with you, by the way, to, let, to make sure you implement, guys. Um, but I love also what Louis talks about is, is he's doing a top 40 campaign, identifying top 40 realtors that he wants to target and add a percentage of those to his roster of referral partners. And uh, his approach to doing that is pretty cool and unique, and I think you'll like it. We also put in the links to show notes to everybody's social media profile uh, and other things they talk about in the podcast. Make sure you check the notes for that. Without further ado, let's get into this week's show. Homeside Financial, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us, Jeff. Yeah, we're excited to be here, yeah, Jeff. Thanks for having us, Jeff. You bet. All right, let's go around the horn because those that are just listening need to identify a voice with a name. So, Dave Hendrickson, why don't you start? Who are you? What do you do? 
Uh, Dave Hendrickson, SVP of Sales, Homeside Financial, really focused on recruiting, business development, been in business 21 years. Years, love it. Uh, let's go to Louis. Tell us about you. What do you do? Uh, loan officer. I've uh, been with the company for three years now, and then uh, I manage our Des Moines office as well, Des Moines, Iowa. Love it. And last, but certainly not least, John Cornish. <laughs> John Cornish, my technical uh, title, which I don't get much into, is regional sales manager. So uh, I run a production team and also uh, oversee our three Iowa offices directly. Um, and we are using the branding uh, key mortgage group. Okay, got it. Right. And we're going to come back to branding and all that kind of stuff uh, a little bit later in the conversation. But what drove this? What set this whole up? We got to give a shout out to Louie. Louie drove this meeting today, this conversation today. So high five to him. And um, part of the reason is, you know, and this sometimes happens, right? Sometimes people in my, you know, audience, if you will, will listen to the podcast and then we'll start exchanging messages on, you know, social media or whatever. And I'll find something interesting that will be like, hey, wait a minute, that would be cool to talk about on the podcast to share with um, our listeners with what's what's going on. Um, so that's kind of the premise of what brought us all here today. And I guess, you know what? selfishly i'll start with you louis yep <laughs> and uh you know um you you started sending me messages about like how you were building your business so let me let me start with the question i often start with and john i'll come to you on this as well um what's the primary source of your business right now i would say the primary source is uh realtors and social media okay so, uh, when i got in the business you know those were the two things that i knew would work for me with the age group that i work with and then obviously watching John and other loan officers that are successful going after realtors. So I knew I had to hit those two buckets. All right. How did you go about getting in front of realtors? Let's start there. Honestly, cold, I cold called, you know, realtors message them on Facebook. Um, you know, I think I do a pretty good job of letting realtors know, you know, what I'm here for and it's to provide value. Mm -hmm. I don't ask for a lot, there's a point in the process that I do, but, you know, I, I like hyping realtors up. So if a realtor's crushing it on social media, I'm going to reach out to that agent, let them know that I love what they're doing. Um, and I want to be a part of it. So and you've, you've been originating how long? Um, six years, six and a half years, uh, three on my own. So not at a bank or credit union. And what are you averaging right now for units monthly or annually? Um, I've closed 111 this year. Um, did 165 last year. Nice, man. 111 this year already. And what do we still got? Uh, three more months left. Yeah. Pressure's on. I got to pick up. Fantastic. Well, you, what is your main social media platform? I'm, I'm looking at your Instagram right now. You have over 2,600 followers. Um, you're pretty consistent with video content. Are you generating conversations, relationships, or business from your Instagram? I am. So, Instagram, it is the younger group. I feel like I get the older group on Facebook, but uh, really, you know, if I have any piece of advice for people out there, it's just stay consistent with it because, you know, I've had, you know, John and I talk about this all the time. You have people that watch your content for years in some cases, you never know when that's, you know, going to convert. So mm -hmm. the only thing that we know how to do is stay consistent with it. And it'll pop at some point. And when it does pop, those people feel obligated to use you. And, you know, John's felt that. I know social media has changed his business a ton as well. Mm -hmm. uh, 
but you just never know when, when that business is going to convert. So you have to stay consistent with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's not the only way you generate, uh, deals or real estate agent relationships, is it? And this is the selfish yeah, part yeah. of it, is you're teaching some classes from what I read. Yep. So I, I bought your, uh, your classes uh, or invested, I want to say, because I've already had a huge ROI on it. So um, I did my first time home buyer class virtually um, in April mm-hmm. and I had 20 people attend and I've already converted four of those people. So I, uh, I'm kicking myself and I told you this, that it's crazy that I've still only done one. I need to pick it up. Uh, yeah. There's no excuse for it because it, it does work. And I especially, especially in a virtual world. Yeah. You're going to get more people to attend those classes, in my opinion, when it's virtual. Consider this the public flogging that you've closed four deals and haven't repeated that process yet. Yeah, I, I know. That's worth a few shackles to you, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So... Mr. John Cornish, give us a uh, 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 kind of a summary of where are you at, just so we can, you know, understand contextually uh, units or volume, kind of year to date, if you will. Um, year to date, I'm at 293 units, uh, averaging 37 a month. Um, my business, uh, I actually looked over this this morning, uh, right at 50% past client and past client referrals, uh, 13% builder. 22% realtor, 2% online, um, and other we're going to call 13%, which is uh, personal friends and non-realtor referral partners, so insurance agent, financial advisors, uh, referrals from other banks and things like that. Wow, man. Love that. Congratulations. Awesome production. Um, yeah. A lot more we can do. There's always more we could do, I guess, huh? You mentioned, uh, if I heard you correctly, the first or primary source then of your business is past database. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Naturally I hear that. I'm immediately curious, like how or what you use to farm that, manage that, I think HomeBot or other things, what are you using to to make that so profitable? Uh, HomeBot. Yes. Um, That's something I probably started using somewhere around 12 months ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always been a database guru. Um, but I will tell you that the actual CRM portion has probably fallen off over the last 18 to 24 months. Uh, the last time we made a, a switch with employers wasn't exactly expected. So I wasn't uh, as prepared for it as I should have been. But one thing that has helped out substantially with past client referrals is social media. I mean, it's a far more effective way to stay in touch with your past clients. It's an easier way for them to share it, you know, when I'm explaining it to people that I hire that are getting into the business, it's like word of mouth on steroids, right? Like when you tell somebody the old fashioned word of mouth, you may talk to three or four people with one share, one click, one like, one comment, you're touching an audience. And it's not uncommon for people to have, you know, 3000 friends on their personal Facebook page. It can just spread very, very quickly on social media. So that has been a, a big point where my business has grown Um, And a lot of that is from, uh, you know, YouTube videos, online videos, really taking an educational approach. Do you have a social platform you tend to focus on? Um, Facebook is probably the one just because I got involved with that one sooner. Um, But I'm on Instagram as well. I have a YouTube channel. Um, So those are the main three. I did try to do my first TikTok video a few uh, weeks ago. Um, Talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Louis the young buck that's making me do all these uh, fun new 
you know, things that have grown my business. Um, and I'm just trying to, to practice what I preach. I mean, I preach getting out of, out of your comfort zone to the people that I hire. So I have to, you know, a big thing for me is I'm never going to ask a salesperson to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. I lead by example. I'm in the trenches with them. They can make me a more effective leader. So I'm, I'm just trying to practice what I preach. Yeah. Love that. Lead from the front. And I don't want to leave. Uh, I don't want to leave Dave out. We're looking for Dave's uh, TikTok dancing video or whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah, I will tell you, Jeff. Just being on this podcast pushed me outside my comfort zone, so I appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know, the old saying is that we're either green and growing or ripe and rotting. So if this right. is, part of, you know, staying green, we all need that. The lesson, though. Um. Yeah. So, so, and I, I'm trying to make sure I, you know, I cover fair ground across the board here for everybody, conversation-wise, um, and obviously keeping it relevant for for the listeners as well. So, we started with kind of unpacking production, sources of business, and stuff, and we're going to come come back to that. Um, and so, I, I guess you know what, Dave. Here's an interesting question: is and and quick kudos, and you know, I'm not blowing smoke or anything, but just the fact that I looked at both your Instagram profiles and both of you guys, you know, John and Louie, you're doing you're doing video. Um, and I still see a lot of reluctance or hesitation around video and let's just be honest, John, I'll come back to you first. Sorry, Dave, hold on. Uh, videos kind of uncomfortable, right? hundred percent of this, except for when you do a hundred of them, they don't care anymore. Um, so I remember a funny story of how I actually got into doing videos. I've been saying I was going to do it. I was saying I was going to do it. And one of those things you just kind of dreaded. So you didn't do it. I think it actually lined up with when Louis started, Louis and I started working together and I did it, the 22 push up challenge, you know, the one to raise money for veterans. So um, not just do the, the, the push-ups and raising awareness. I went around to businesses and actually asked for money and did the video shoots with them. And it would force me to do 22 days in a row of videos. And I remember the first couple of videos, I'm making sure my hair looks nice, making sure everything's ready. I'm super nervous. Right. By like two weeks, it's like, oh, it's 12 o'clock at night. I'm working on my in my office. I got a hat on backwards and a hooded sweatshirt. It's like, I got to bust out these push-ups. And you just kind of get over yourself, right? You're, you're not worrying about how cool you look. Um, you're really worried about your audience and being genuine to what you are. And what I try to tell people, what I try to tell myself is, just having a conversation with somebody. And that's where I keep it, where I don't get nervous. And it's not that big of a deal. And people that work with me, work with me because of who I am. I'm not perfect. I'm not polished. So if I, if I stumble on something, this is what you get. And uh, it kind of gives a little personality to the business as well. So mm. it's comfortable, but I'm numb to it at this point. You know, I can bust them out pretty quickly. And if they're perfect or not, I think having consistent content is extremely important uh, more important than, important than have it, it, it perfected. I mean, you wait on the sidelines to release something until it's perfected and the opportunity passes by and you don't take any action. Uh, sometimes yeah. taking that first step and just digging in is the key to it. Yeah. I mean, so many key points you just mentioned in there is, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but when you do your hundredth, you care less, the more you do. You're yeah. not so focused on you. You're more focused on the message and just getting the content out there. Um, love that. But by the way, real quick, what's, what's with the shoes, man? I'm on your Instagram here. Are you like a shoe <laughs> or what? I'm a, I'm a sneakerhead, uh, mainly just Jordans. Um, so uh, I like, I'm a bigger Michael Jordan fan than I won, was even when he was, a, when I was a kid, when he was playing, just the level that he did everything, the mindset, the, the, the audacity and the dedication. I just have a true appreciation for it. And his yeah. kids are super cool. And uh, I have an addictive personality. So I kind of jumped in with two feet. So I, I definitely collect them. 
I tell my wife it's an investment. Honey, if you're listening, it is an investment. Um, I'm not sure I'm ever going to sell any of them, but uh, it's a fun thing for me to do. Yeah. Hey, turn those into NFTs or something, right? Then it just... There you go. Oh, boy. Um, speaking of uh, Jordan and all that, uh, have you listened to or read the, the first book, Relentless, by his trainer? I don't oh. believe I've heard of it, but I, I have not. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a great book. I forget. It's Tim something. I can't remember his Tim name. Tim Grover. Tim Grover. Thank you. Yeah. So he's got two books out now, but Tim is, uh, he's the guy who trained Jordan, Kobe, um, Dwayne Wade, and a handful of others. But I mean, right there alone, right? You're training those three people, you know, a thing or two about like excellence and leadership. So I definitely highly recommend the book if you're into it. Um, yeah. Here are some stories. And then of course the series on ESPN, which is, uh, what was that? The one last about- dance. Oh, last dance. Look at Louis. Louis. Ding, 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 hey. ding. Thank you hey. very much. <laughs> well done. You get the gold star, Louis. No, I've hey, seen that. I, I can, I can watch that over and over again. Yeah. We're going to get you on that Jeopardy podcast here soon, Louis. Oh, yeah. And Louis, you're going to have to show me how to work my uh, phone to download that book so I can listen to it when I'm doing cardio because, you know, I can't figure that out myself. Yeah. It's one of the, I, I like listening to books, but it's one of the best books that I've listened to just uh realizing if you really want to make it to the top, what it, you know, what it truly takes. Cause those guys are nuts. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, so Dave, back to you now, what are you focused on as the leader at the company? What's kind of got your attention right now? And as we move into the new year? Yeah, I think, you know, it's probably shifted over the last 12 months. Really what, what has my focus right now is retention. I think that we saw a record year. A lot of companies learned their lesson from the meltdown. They sat on all this money and, just making sure that we're in front of our people daily and that we're able to retain them because I think that's just as important as recruiting. And so right now I just want to make sure that the leadership throughout the country is having constant communications with the loan officers. Mm -hmm. So if you could, you guys are doing something a little bit unique and different there um, with Homeside Financial in that, and I might not articulate this as well as you guys, but I'll do my best. You're, you're allowing, you know, it's funny because I mean, for a long time, one of the challenges with a lot of loan officers as we, as, as this social media thing has evolved, we needed to become and build personal brands. Um, you know, there's was resistance to that internally, right? Compliance issues and no, we need to be under the corporate big bank brand, all that jazz. But you guys are doing something different in that you're allowing loan officers to have their own brand, right? Yeah. So from our standpoint, you know, you know, with all the lack of stability inside of mortgage companies, like John referenced, we moved relatively quickly. We were kind of forced to, the, the company was acquired by a larger outfit. Um, and I think as you start looking at social media, your realtors, your CPAs, your financial planners, your builders, the last thing you want to do is, you know, choose a company that you vetted out and something happens, whether warehousing issues, compliance, fines, something happens. So, what we really wanted to focus on when we got in a room is, is building that brand because there's two types of branding. You have to, you know, in Louie and John's world, a key mortgage group, they have to brand the LO community and let them know why they should be a key mortgage. But then also we have to brand the, you know, realtors, builders, all the referral partners. So from our standpoint, we said, hey, instead of branding Homeside, let's just be partners with you and we'll go out and we'll brand these key, key mortgage group, Q Home Loans, Team Hochberg. And it's been a great success, um, you know, to marketing DBA. So they're still signing, signing home side docs when they sit down at the table, but it's been really effective and it just gives comfort because you always go to bed and say, what if, what if, and now that we've gotten rid of the, what if, 
we feel pretty secure. We've got great partners out in corporate and we're just going to continue to build these brands throughout the country. So you've got the key group in Iowa and who knows what it would be down in Scottsdale, Arizona. So we really want to put time, energy and money behind that. That's really the goal of this. Well, if anybody's listening and this does happen occasionally, somebody will ask me, hey, who do you know? Right. They might be looking. Who who's an ideal fit for you, though, from a, either a, a loan officer like we have John and Louie or a team or whatever? Who's a good fit for what you guys are looking to do? Yeah, I think, you know, Jeff, we've been pretty selective and, and it's really allowed us to grow our volume to last year a little bit over one point five billion just on our team. So, you know, it, somebody that's very entrepreneurial, like I, I still at 21 years haven't learned how to get anybody out of bed yet. So somebody that's entrepreneurial but really also a partner that wants to tell us, like John said earlier, we're not perfect and we understand our ops isn't perfect or, you know, whatever we need, but we just need transparency. So somebody that's willing to sit down and have trans, a, a transparent conversation and is an entrepreneur really willing to build out an area, that's who we're looking at. And I think we've probably lost recruits, which we're fine with through our transparency. I think too many companies, they kind of forget. We all sell to the same place. The only thing that matters is how the loan got there and the compensation that comes back out. We should be able to sit down and really talk about the issues we have, the successes, the failures, the initiatives, where we're going forward. So I think we've just tried to make it very simple. And I think this industry has become way too complex because it is very simple when you scrape it all away. Yeah. For sure. I think we have, and, and I can definitely speak for Iowa, and maybe I'd like you to chime in, Jeff, yeah. okay that I'm digging in here. Yeah, um, We're selective in Iowa as well. We're looking for a certain type of a culture and a certain type of, a, of an individual. I think we take a different approach than most recruiting. You know, most big recruiters you talk to, they're going to bring on anybody that's doing any type of volume where I'm going to dig further and we expect it to be done a certain way. Um, and it's not the right fit for everybody, but it's the right way that we're doing it. We have a culture and I don't want to be, I don't want to risk the culture we have with the team that we have that I believe in so much by bringing somebody in from the outside that's not going to adapt to that. So team players, people that look big picture, people to put the, the needs of the customer first um, and that aren't me people, I guess, is really the, the thing we don't. I mean, I, I don't really do well with people that it's just about them uh, and they don't want to be part of a team. So I think that's part of the way that we're selective in Iowa when Louie and I are looking at who we're going to bring on board. Yeah, sure. Um, I also realized before this call that I work with uh, uh, another one of your private labels, which is Oz Lending out in uh, Dallas. I don't know if you can know Jason over there. Yeah, so that's how committed Homesite is to this. I We actually talked to Jason as he was going down this path. Now, he was communicating directly with ownership at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a conversation, him and Andy Stewart and myself talked, and what a great guy. But yeah, he, he, Homesite's committed to this. And, and I love it because <clears throat> they have to believe in themselves in order to allow this because the thing is very, you can transport it very easily. So mm-hmm. it shows you the security they kind of have and the relationships they have with the Louis and the Johns and the Jasons down in Texas and the Ron Thomas out on the West coast that, that they believe in them, that their brand so much that they're willing to do this. And I think it's great. Yeah, for sure. Love that. And so obviously we'll put links in the show notes. If people want to learn more, um, we go to we, the, the, the URL would be you guys, we talked about that. What do you want to give yeah. them? Uh, go is, you know, the company yep. website. Um, I would say for John and myself, um, our social media pages. Um, I Louis Wickett, mortgage lender. His is John Cornish, mortgage lender. Um, and 
you know, I just want to say thank you to you in the podcast because I've gotten a lot of stuff on my social media that I've either passed to John or he's passed to me that we've implemented in there. So, um, yeah, you, you provided a lot of content for our sales meetings as well. So, um, we listen to you a lot. It's a lot of good ideas and listen, not all of them are original thoughts, but not too many things I do are original thoughts. And some of the most effective things are fairly simple. It's just executing on them consistently. So a reminder every once in a while, it's like, man, I really got away from that. And you kind of kick yourself a little bit when you hear somebody that's blown it out of the water, that's doing it so well. Um, and it reminds you that even though you think you're doing something well, there's somebody out there that's doing a better job. And it's really good motivation to surround yourself. Even if you can't be in front of them, you surround yourself with these podcasts where you're constantly hearing input from people that are executing on a very high level. Yeah. Love it. That's, that's what I love to do is bring those conversations to, to the forefront. Because to your point, it's like we get caught in the, the, the mire of the day-to-day and we get in our routines and our ruts. And sometimes we need somebody to grab us by the shirt collar and shake us and go, hey, Louie, you did a class and closed four loans. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> yeah. And I only had to put on uh, face-to-face classes for two and a half years to get four loans out of it, Louie. So, I mean, to give you a comparison. Uh, no, I know. I know. I'm kicking myself in it. Uh, all right. We're not going to, we'll, we won't continue yeah. to beat Louie up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to continue to beat him up about it, Jeff. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so you guys can. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with with you, John and Louis, is like scaling because oftentimes you know people will struggle with with that process of scaling a high volume, high unit business. So why don't we do this? If you could, John, give me a breakdown of what your team looks like. Like you have a front end loan partner, or and where, yeah. like where map me through where you're involved in the process, and then when you're out. Um, so I have. Two people that mainly focus on the front end, um, we call a client concierge and actually my in-house loan officer, um, that their main focus is um, lead intake through pre-approval. Okay. Every single time I'm involved with every pre-approval, um, I look at every deal before the pre-approval goes out. I'm the one that um, does the consultation with the customer to give them my advice. That's the part that I really, I really enjoy. Uh, from that point with the three of us, we then have our regular corporate support, as I would call it, or the support from our division, which is a junior processor, a loan officer assistant, and a processor. The actual um, technical um, terms of the employment might have changed a little bit, but they take the loan from basically when it's ready to go, um, documents in hand, disclosure signed, and they get it from that point to approval and to uh, clear to close. So my main involvement is on the front end, making sure that we have a quality pre-approval, um, making sure that the customer is you know, pointing in the right direction from an advice standpoint. I'm very big on setting very clear expectations, uh, what their involvement is, what we need out of them. So I do that expectations call. And with a perfect file, I honestly don't see it much after that. Uh, my involvement after that is if we have to restructure, obviously, if there's any questions that the team doesn't feel comfortable answering, um, you know, in restructuring does happen, but when they go smooth, there's not a whole lot of touches after that, after that point. So if I heard you correctly, then, um, on the front end, you're not actually taking the app. You're coming in at the point of prequal and setting the terms and, you know, what type of loan they're going to get in and all that and kind of casting that vision. Yeah. I, you know, you know, a lot of times the referrals will come in from a text message, a phone call. So I'll make a quick phone call and I explain our process, explain who I am, thank them for reaching out you know, walking through it. Listen, you're going to fill out an online application. There's going to be a series of phone calls just so they know what to expect. 
We push everybody to the online application because why would we not utilize technology? It's much easier. It's easier to track. Um, and then we kind of take it from there. Um, do you have any resistance or did you in, did you early on with people expecting they're going to get John Cornish like through this whole thing and when they have a question or whatever? 100%. Uh, and I still, and I still struggle with it, to be honest with you. And my, the coach that I hired to help me do this at one point, he basically had to tell me, Hey, John, I, I enjoy, you know, your business, but if you're not going to open up and listen to these things, I'm really not providing a value for you. And one thing that COVID did for me that is a blessing in disguise is it forced me to do some of these things. So I was the old fashioned guy that was still doing two face-to-face -face appointments with customers. Um, like three or four years ago, I was still signing disclosures, wet sign and going over all of them. I was old fashioned. And actually it's kind of funny. Louis called me out on many things, but I was at a point where I was probably consistently 40 to $50 million of production from 2009 and through 2018, 2019. And when I was talking to Louie about his goals, he said, well, what are your goals? And I said, well, you know, just stay in that 40 to $50 million range. He's like, that's weak, dude. You should be doing a hundred. And I'm like, okay, that's fantastic. And he's like, I want to hire a coach together. And that's when we started talking about it. And, you know, that's again, getting me out of my comfort zone, him challenging me, which is, which is great. And starting to listen more of the podcast and realizing that, Although that's a good amount of business, you know, I should be doing more with the length of time that I've been doing this. I mean, 18 years in lending, um, it shouldn't be hard for me to do this type if I'm doing it the right way. And what did you implement at that moment, at that point when you made the decision to go from 4050 to now where you are here today, essentially doubling your business, right? Yep. Um, help on the front end. Um, Right. So people, yeah, people, time, and I'm working less um, than when I was doing 40 to 50 million, which is incredible. So my quality of life, the time with my wife and kids, I'm home more. Um, I'm not trying to do everything. And I was before. Um, and I mean, it's kind of embarrassing where I was at two years ago, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I was talking to my coach. He's like, Hey, where's your process? At? You have a process. Right? I'm like, Oh yeah, I have a process. I follow every single time. He's like, do you have it on Google Docs? I'm like, no, I'm not really you know, familiar with Google Docs. He's like, where do you have it? And I just started laughing. He goes, it's in your head, isn't it? And I go, yeah, it's up here. And he's like, how are you supposed to teach somebody that's in your head? And he's like, you know, if we're going to hire somebody, we need to have your process written down of exactly what you do. So we had to start from, from square one, but it was backing out of things and realizing what's an important use of my time uh, and what's not an important use of my time. But I still wanted to be genuine to my referral sources and my customers because they want to do business with me. So I want to be involved. And that's a part of the job that I love. I, I love people. I love interacting with people. So I'm trying to figure out what can kind of all work together where I'm involved, yeah. where I need to be still doing the part that I feel like I bring the biggest benefit to our team um, and backing away from the things that I can teach or hire people uh, to do. Yeah. Um, they, they so, say I mean, I didn't answer the question, Jeff. I apologize. You know, I haven't pulled AUS in a very, very long period of time. Uh, Taylor on the front end does a fantastic job of that. I hired her out of college, so I know exactly, you know, how she was taught. Um, I'm not requesting documents very often. By every, very often, I mean ever. I'm not following up those types of things. Um, my team does a fantastic job um, of doing those, those things that, that need to be done. I want to get specific for a second. Then I'll go to you, Louie. But um, the conversation we had last week in our in our group, we uh, once a month put a member on the hot seat, and 
you know, help them work through an issue. And that this is the particular issue that quite a lot of people want to work through. But the challenge he was facing is that even though he would have that conversation with borrowers, they would still wind up emailing him, right, about questions or whatever. And my short answer was remove your email, man. You know what I mean? They shouldn't even have it. Um, they should have your team's email. But how do you handle that? Do you kind of, is that what you do to that, you know, specific of like, they don't, they can't contact you unless it's through your team? Do you want the right answer, right answer or the honest answer? <laughs> I want what you would really want to do. <laughs> what I would really want to re- do and what I should do is remove myself and not respond. Um, but I find myself responding. Um, sure. And I kind of kick myself because sometimes I get involved when I don't need to be. And I have to kind of reteach the people that I work with. Um, my referral partners that I do business with consistently, um, they kind of know how things work now and it's working out well. But there's time periods where, and I think it comes from a good place where I don't feel like my time is better than anybody else's and more valuable than the people on my team. So I see a question come across, I'm looking at it, it's like, I can answer this, why not? When I really shouldn't be doing that, right? I should be focusing my time on those income producing activities, growing the business, thinking from a 30,000 foot level and not getting uh, you know, drugged down in the day-to-day. But I do struggle with that still. I mean, it's kind of like a a, a recovering workaholic that needs to figure out a way to make sure that we stay out of the weeds and um, I'll get there. Um, you know, it yeah. took a while to get to this point. I just still have to, I have to focus on it. Yeah. Well, you said a couple of key team things. There. Email and I remind them, you know, and it's in the intro, Hey, for the quickest convenience, make sure you email the team. And I explain in there why, and there's also an automatic reply to an email. So if somebody emails me, they immediately get an automatic reply that it tells them, you know, that I'm going to be in pre-scheduled, you know, phone calls the majority of the day or coaching my team. And if you need a pre-approval, do this. If you need this, do that. So it does redirect a lot of it, but I'll even still respond when there's that auto response that's that, that we have set up. That's the little self-training that you're talking about. To yep. Like, yeah, like, oh my God, I want to respond. I get it because you want to serve. That's cool. Um, yep. But I think that's an honest answer. Thank you. I think everyone struggles with that. Um, yep. Louis, what about you? What do you have set up for? For I always here's my thing. I go back to the show. Everybody knows the show, The Profit, with Marcus Lemonis, right? I don't know if you remember seeing that show, but he goes in and he invests money in these failing businesses or struggling businesses. And the first place he looks at in any business before he decides if he's going to invest is he looks at people, process, and technology, because those are the three things that will make or break a business. So, and we're hearing some of this in your examples. So, Louis, in those categories, people process technology, like what do you, because you're, you're doing a good amount of units and volume as well. What's your setup? Um, so, mine is the same as John's, except I don't have a uh, junior LO. So, uh, I handle everything. I have a front end assistant that takes it from lead till docs are in. Mm-hmm. I structure and then she gets it ready for the team. Um, once it gets to the LOA junior processor and processor. So the next step would be to add that junior LO. Um, but same thing with John, as far as process, it was all up here. Um, you know, John and I, we both use Kai McBride. So oh, okay. Kai, he's been yeah. on your show. Got up to Kai, the ninja coach. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a systems guy, right. And, yeah. and he, he's always drilling that into everybody's head that, you have to have a process before you can bring people in. And that's one thing John, John and I worked on when we first started was let's get this written out. It's going to change every day. And then we can start plugging people in. Um, and that's what's happened. And, you know, uh, got to give a shout out to Tyler Osby too. He's an Iowa, Iowa guy, but he's, um, he's a coach in the class too. And he, he said something that I think both of us took was, 
if he can't do it 100% of the time in his process, it's not in his process. And so I've changed mine in the last two years, probably 15 times because mm. I realized that, hey, this isn't scalable or I can't, I can't do this until I add a person. Um, right. Having that process in place has changed, changed things and then adding systems along with that. So I do HomeBot. I got BombBomb, um, you know, Jungo. I'm, I'm building out Jungo right now. So okay. a lot to it that I think the process is always going to be changing with that. How are you using HomeBot? I mean, sorry, not HomeBot. You mentioned BombBomb. How are you using BombBomb? <laughs> so BombBomb, I, so I was finding myself doing loan estimates at night with clients because they're both working during the day. They can't be together until they get home. They have dinner they put their kids down and then they want to have the conversation with me, you know, eight or nine. So selfishly, I wanted to get out in front of it and I knew there was technology out there to do it. BombBomb is so easy to use, um, but I do a, a screen recorded loan estimate breakdown. I go line by line through that loan estimate. Um, I label it. And then my assistant, Haley, she sends it out to each client. So the loan estimate piece, it's taken care of. Um, another reason I like that is I can always refer back to that. You know, when you start getting busy, you know, you forget some of the conversations that you have, that's always there and you can go back and, and watch it. So um, I use it for that. I use it for realtor marketing, database marketing, um, and then I use it for the final CD as well. Interesting. Love that. Love that. Um, that's another example of system process technology that will free you up with the repeated questions over and over again, right? All that kind of stuff. Clarity of communication from going back and forth. Yeah. I love that you're yes. getting coaching on process. It's so important. It's been a, yeah. It's been a game changer in the bomb bomb piece. I'm telling you, it has freed up my, my nights. Um, bomb bombs. Incredible. Louis had, I think it was about seven months. He kept telling me, John, you need to do this, John, you've got to do this. And he literally came down to my office one day. He's like, sit down, like, and he pulled it up and made me do one. And I was like, oh, this is really easy. Game changer for me. Um, you can control when you're doing those loan estimate videos where before it was taking up half my day, just going over the loan estimates. Um, right. Instead, I can come in at seven o'clock, knock them out, do them at night, whatever it is. I control that. It's quicker. And the customers like him even more. I'm like, you know, ones that I've done multiple transactions with at this point, you know, it, it, Right. I can't count like, John, this is fantastic. Like, I really like this better than the phone conversation. I'm, I'm glad you started doing this. So the consumer likes it as well. Love that. And if you guys are in the process, I don't know if you've ever dug in, this is going old school, but uh, Edwards Deming, who's kind of like the father of total quality management, old story in history here. He went back he, in the 50s and 40s when uh, Japan was struggling post-World War II and they really wanted to step up their quality because remember, they weren't known as quality right back in the day. And uh, he's the, because the Americans didn't want, they were in a different place. He went over there and helped these auto manufacturers really get focused on process and quality improvement and stuff like that, which is what helped them help make them a superpower uh, in terms of manufacturing. So I just pulled up a, a couple of quotes right here. One simple one is uh, if you can't describe what you're doing as a process, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> That's a fact. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I love that winging it. All right, for sake of time, this is a we're gonna go. You ever see that show on ESPN where they go round the horn, whatever? And oh like yeah, it punches it. I want to do a show like that, man. Where I got everybody's tapping a horn. We do sound things or whatever. So you know, do like uh, here we go. Um, uh -huh. All right, so Dave, what are you focused on for Q four, man? Personally or business wise? 
still business wise, we're just trying to grow the brand. I think that, you know, you talked about scalability a little bit ago. I think in 2013, we really couldn't get the team over 300 million and, and really had to take a hard look at ourselves and say, you know, what is our, our problem? And at that point I had to step out of the, the production role and, and allow Carrie Canopy to take it over. So I would say the Q4 focus would be retention that I just said, growing the brand and making sure Carrie who runs national sales for us is, is supporting all the, the brands with inside of Homeside. Love that. All right, uh, John, how about you? Where's your focus for Q4? Um, you know, I'm going to talk about this from two different standpoints. From a personal production standpoint, um, it's, uh, I think I've become a little bit uh, complacent, to be honest with you. You know, just like I got comfortable with the 40 to 50 million, I think I've got comfortable with the business that I'm doing and I, I don't like that. So I'm, I'm challenging myself on the, the sales call that we put on for my loan office every Monday. I kind of called myself out and reminded them, hey, I talk a lot about accountability, but that doesn't mean I'm just holding my salespeople accountable I'm holding myself accountable as well. So getting more disciplined to not do the things we talked about, like responding to those emails, spending more time. Um, so the initiatives I have right now, taking all the video content that I have and getting it into different formats and using BombBomb to get it out to different audiences uh, is one of the big ones. Um, and just following up more, you know, I've, I've been utilizing Agent Legend uh, for some of the online leads that I'm working and I'm really trying to grow that uh that consumer direct, so more of the online leads, which which is growing. Um, that's a big focus for my personal production. Uh, from a management standpoint, um, it's the nice thing is, is that when I'm focusing on personal production, I can use that as an example of how to lead the team. So sharing what I'm doing, uh, continuing continuing to challenge them and hold them accountable, and really making sure that we're having the difficult conversations when the difficult conversations need to happen but also giving the attaboys and the attagirls when that time is right. Um, I've made a lot of growth as a leader since teaming up with, with Dave and Andy and, and Luis helped out as well. And a lot of that was my personality. I'm a people pleaser. So I'm a much better, do a much better job when I want to give somebody a, a pat on the back. And I didn't like having those difficult conversations, but the difficult conversations where you come is where you get that growth. And I've, I've really learned personally, I enjoy that. I love when people come at me. I love when people tell me I'm not doing something the right way or when my coach calls me out. Somebody stroking my ego because of the business I'm doing doesn't help me grow. And I actually get a little bit embarrassed. Tell me what I'm not doing. Tell me what I need to do, to do better. So I'm trying to utilize that with my sales team to make sure that we're getting the most out of each and every one of them. And I remind them on a regular basis, listen, I'm not going to allow you to just be able to be okay with being average. If you have the ability to be great, I'm going to challenge you to get there. And I'm going to do the things together with you that we need to do to get your, get your business to the next level that you want to. And with managing different people, you have people like Louie that want to hit it out of the park. You have people that want to be more middle of the pack, but that doesn't mean you can that you can't continue to get better if you don't have aspirations of doing $100 million plus. plus. People that want to get in that 30 to $40 million range and that's all they want to do, that's fantastic. Let's do it the right way. Let's implement the right processes. You can have the right quality of life. It can be sustainable for a long period of time and help them get there uh, really with facing the same challenges that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. This business is very much, there's always something, some edge we could sharpen, you know, yep. and it can also spill over into personal, like you said, spending more time with your family and things like that. If well, all right, process systems, people, whatever, what do you need to put in place for you to have a little bit of margin in your life? Um, before we go to you, Louie, on the Q4 thing, real quick, I'm always curious. You mentioned online leads. You mentioned Agent Legend. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. 
what are you doing for online leads? Are you doing like paid ads or what? No, it's just, it's, it's creating my own audience. So it is just from people it's, and it's a vision I had mm, three to five years ago that if I get enough of this video content out there and, you know, people start looking online months and even years before they're planning on doing anything. And I think a lot of people focus on converting leads at that time period. And a lot of the follow-ups can be pushy. Let me tell you why you need a mortgage today. Let me tell you why you need to do an application today. I'm taking a different stance. It's like, listen, I want to captivate this audience. I want to educate them on the process as much as possible. So if it's 18 months down the road, if it's six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months down the road, when they're ready and they've been watching my videos for the last you know, six months, 12 months, 18 months, they're almost going to feel obligated because I've been the one that's already provided that value and I haven't even had a conversation with them. Uh, so it's utilizing the tools within social media, uh, Google SEO, the online reviews. We are doing some you know, paid, uh, paid Facebook and Instagram targeting, but we're not buying leads. We're trying to create organic um, I guess you can still call them leads, but it's, it's, we're doing it ourselves basically. Yep. Yep. Love that. Okay, cool. Mr. Lewis Wicket, we're coming to you. Close it out. Close it out strong, buddy. Q4. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I went back and looked at, you know, last month I kind of had a down month just mentally. Uh, I just had my first kid. So, you know, there's just a lot going on. We're moving to Des Moines, just a lot going on. And, I wasn't getting the at-bats with clients that I wanted to. So I really just had to focus on what got me to this point. Mm -hmm. And when I started out in the business, I did a really good job of going wide with agents. Um, I think in 2019, um, I met with over 140 real estate agents. Wow. Nice. Um, You got that idea for one of your shows, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot forgot it was an early on one, but it was, it was, we were listening on a treadmill together and at Gold's. Oh, really? Awesome. But, uh, you know, I, I had to go wide to figure out what type of agents I want to work with, you know, who would be a good fit. And then I went deep with those, you know, agents. So, and I got relationships out of that and I've kind of hung on to those relationships since then. And I have wide again. And I think it's important that you always have to go wide. Mm -hmm. um, I'm refocusing on that. I've created, you know, stuff from the core and Justin Brown, who is on your show, he's in the coaching class too, but um, I'm doing a top 40 campaign where, you know, I target my top 40 agents that I want to work with and I'm going to campaign to them for eight weeks. Um, you know, you send them something each week, you follow up the following Monday. So I'm going wide again to try to get some new relationships because I'm, I feel like I'm plateauing a little bit with the relationships that I have, and I'm thankful for those relationships, but I, I want to grow this thing um, and I want to grow it with good people. So tell me uh, briefly about the top 40 campaign. What are you doing? Is this email? Is it social? Is it all of the above? So mail, mail. Correct. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> they, yeah. they deliver mail in Iowa still. That's what I Yeah. Hey, my horse and buggy, my horse and buggy. Um, so we all get, a ton of emails, right? Especially in this industry. So I think it's important to get something, you know, at their office, they can get there, there's something in their mail. I've just found, you know, with some email marketing, like a lot of it doesn't even get opened, you know, and you just, you're putting out, you're thinking of good content to send them and it doesn't even get open. Well, if I'm sending something to your office, I don't care if you throw it away. You, you have to open that letter. And I think, a lot of people have forgotten about direct mail. Um, 
I'm not saying it's the end all be all, but I do think it's important to put something in front of them that, you know, they're going to see at least for that first week. And then the second week, you know, I'll send them an email because I'm following up with them every Monday. Yeah. So I sent something out this past Monday. This was the I'll first. Call yep. Got it. So next Monday, I'm going to call 40 agents and, or I might split it up between Monday, Tuesday, depending on what the day looks like. And I'm going to explain to them what I'm doing. You know, I, I think I do a good job and I know my team will take care of your clients. I mean, go look at our Google reviews, go look at past clients, ask agents in your office. We execute at a very high level if we get an at bat. Right. And I feel like if I let them know that the first week, here's what I'm doing. They're going to, okay, yeah. And then second week, they get another thing. And I follow up with a phone call. Third week, get another thing, follow up with a phone call. They might get annoyed of me, but by week eight, it's, hey, you know what? I might have annoyed you, but imagine like I'm following up with you this well. Imagine what I'll do with your clients and how well I'll take care of them. So, how, how, First of all, I love the idea. love that you're using direct mail. Um, yeah. I don't think direct mail is dead at all. I think it's like any tool. It's how you use it, you know? Yeah. Um, the good about direct mail is it's less noisy, like you said, and it definitely gets opened and noticed. Um, how did you identify the 40 to go after? Is there some criteria? So I asked the agents that I work with for the most part, um, who, who do you like in your office? Who's doing a good job and who does business the way you do it? Um, that's kind of how I've grown a lot of my realtors too, is that's how I booked a lot of those meetings was, yep. Hey, who, who else in your office is doing a good job and is looking at this as a career and not a job. Mm. I don't want to work with an agent that, it only sees this far in front of their face. I want to work with an agent that is looking 10 years down the road and, you know, they love doing a good job for their clients. So I reached out to them and then just people that I've worked with on transactions that I should have done a better job of attacking it at that time. Like maybe listing agent cross sell or something. Yep. yep. That's smart, man. I love it. By the way, you mentioned your Google reviews. I have to give all you guys a shout out. I looked at yours also, John. I mean, John's got over 200 Google reviews. Louis, you got 178 as of today. I mean, I, I, I never see that unless it's a company, right? Jeff, what's more impression years on me? Just remember that. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> going to tell you, I should be embarrassed. I've been doing this for 18 years. He's been doing it for six and he's almost caught up to me. So um, I laid on it. He, he does. I mean, uh, that's impressive, Louis. Well, you didn't know how important it was going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's more important today than ever um, with this whole trust credibility thing, you know? Um, so anyway, I, just I think, think uh, one thing I'll, I just want to point out on that is the reason that we have those reviews is because clients know it's important to us. Well, and I, I, whenever I hear that, I, I'm naturally curious. Tell me about your real quick, your post-close review process. You so, know, what do you it's not even post-closing. It's, it's from the first phone call. There you go. Like yeah. I will, we, we want to do a good job for you so we can work with your friends and your family. And so you'll leave a review because reviews are huge in this day and age. And then client check-in calls during the process. You know, how are we doing on a scale of one to five? Four or five, great. Ask for a referral. If it's less than four, which that's, that doesn't happen a lot. You know, we apologize immediately, figure out what the problem is and fix it from that point on. So we do get a good review at the end. Yeah. Um, and then 
we use a software at the end where you, you know, you let the client know it's going to come and says, Hey, I'm going to put in your phone number here. It's going to send you a text. If you could leave a review, that would be awesome. What is that software? Uh, we actually had it created. Okay. I was going to say, cause I haven't heard of a software that'll do that. Like all these third-party social review platforms, as great as they are, it's, it's very hard to automate getting a review added to Google. It's usually very direct and organic. Yeah, but the- you can have up to three so- uh, places on there. So Facebook, Zillow. The software you use. Yep. Yeah, so we, I'm sorry, we didn't create it. We, we reached out to a, uh, a, a business partner that helps out with some marketing and some video footage to basically create it for us. Yeah. Oh. I mean, you're we just... Can- okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, we can connect you with them, you know, if you're interested. So just reach out to John. That, that hammer? What's that? Hammer? No, it's not Hammer. Okay. Oh, no. um, it's, a, it's a local marketing company. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'd love to talk to them. Because um, I think that's part of the secret ingredient. Like we said, people process technology, yeah. technology that will get you more success at collecting those online reviews. Because most people don't have a process, but they're like, yeah. wow, I'm not getting enough you know, online reviews. And that's probably... Largely why in a lot of cases. All right. This is a lot, guys. Thanks a lot. You added a ton of value today. Really no, th- appreciate it, man. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate, appreciate what you're getting out. Thank you. The death that, that, uh, that, that, that we're on here today. It's pretty cool. I'm glad I could shine a light on uh, some, you know, incredible people doing amazing things. Uh, you know, Dave, Louie, John, I can't say thank you enough. And we're going to put links to uh, your social media profiles in there. And we'll just leave it blank for Dave because he's the mystery man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Wizard of Oz, right? The man behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, anyways, guys, appreciate you. And listeners also love that you tuned in. If you like this episode, you know what to do. Leave us a review. We'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Hey, guys, what's up? Real quick, uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.